Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You are just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we pray for your spiritual blessing upon us as we consider world events in light of Bible prophecy. Give us discernment and a love for your word, a love for Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzamo, your host for a 30-minute news experience looking at current events from a biblical perspective, specifically Bible prophecy. What do the prophecies say about the day in which we live today? Literally today, what are we seeing in the news headlines that has prophetic implications or other Christian angles that we need to glean? North Korea threatens to turn USA into heap of ashes and China warns Japan of South Sea Red Line. So this is a more on the dispute over the South China Sea and of course their disputes with Japan. So East Asia continuing the rhetoric of warfare and intensification of these really apocalyptic types of things with the danger for nuclear war when you're looking at North Korea, China, World War Three potential types of things that we cover on a regular basis. But let's leave the geopolitical news and look at this one from the UK Express. You read that new research has found that one in four young people in the UK would happily date a robot. Yes, you heard that right. One in four people would happily date a robot. So while we're talking about all these global crises emerging, every individual is becoming more and more detached, not only from an understanding of real-world events, but more sadly, detached further and further from their Savior, Jesus Christ, from family, from normal human relationships, to the point where a quarter of them say, yeah, you know, I think I might just dismiss the idea of human relationships altogether and just go virtual. I mean, everything else is virtual. Might as well just bring our love life into the virtual world and date a robot They said, of course, the robot would have to be a perfect match. These are 18 to 34-year-olds that say that they could see this taking place in their lifetime. BBC reported this. Greenland sharks are now the longest living vertebrates known on Earth, scientists say. Researchers used radiocarbon dating to determine the ages of 28 of the animals and estimated that one female was about 400 years old. The team found that the sharks grow at just one centimeter a year and reach sexual maturity at about the age of 150. Now, what does this have to do with Bible prophecy? You know, the Bible talks about a time where it says a child will die at 100 in the new earth. And you're like, wait a minute, a child's going to die? No, the Hebrew word there, nobody's going to die in the, in the new earth when, when this world is restored. 
the word for die there is cease. In other words, a child will cease being a child at a hundred. Children in the new earth will grow and mature slowly, and then we will all have this eternal life. I mean, you can imagine, pick your favorite age that, that you have in physical health and vitality in this world, and then multiply that by infinity because of the vitality and full immortality that we will be given at that time. So I found this interesting news article about the Greenland sharks reaching maturity at 150 to have just just be an echo of that biblical theme. But also, there was a man who lived to 969 years old in the Bible. His name was Enoch. And of course, Enoch walked with God and then he was, I'm sorry, 969 was Methuselah. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. And the Bible says that he walked with God until he was just no more because God took him. So he was translated to heaven. So will we, in this age in which we live, will we all live on to 100 years old and then this world's history just goes on for decades and decades more and even hundreds of years more? Will we be like the Methuselahs who live on to our elder years? Or will we be like Enoch? Enoch, the one who was translated to heaven without seeing death. I've reported on the broadcast about Ray Kurzweil and others who predict that in the next few decades, they're looking at literally human beings merging with technology to the point where the human consciousness can be downloaded to the cloud, to what used to be hard drives, and then you can live on in your immortality, as they call it. And they say human beings will become gods in the next few decades. Now, we know biblically that that is a, an aim of the devil, that he wanted to become in the position of God. That was Lucifer's aim in Isaiah 14. I will ascend to be in the position of God. So, will God permit this to take place? We're already looking at the very fabric of this creation through geoengineering and through genetically modifying not only plants but now animals and even humans, the merging of humans with technology, the destruction of the very biosphere of this world. God says in the book of Revelation that those who destroy this earth will be destroyed. In other words, God's not going to permit this to go on and for human beings to become this, this elevated species and this godlike entity merged with technology. This futuristic sci-fi vision of the distant future will come to a screeching halt. We're not going to get there. Because the end is near, my friends. We are looking at the signs of the times, whether it's wars and rumors of wars, whether it's the, the, the collapse of, of, of morality, the collapse of the family and human relationships. Everything that the Bible predicted would take place in the last days is happening before our very eyes. I want to switch gears. Maine police warn residents after huge snake skin discovered. You know, I found this news headline also to be just an echo of a biblical theme. God has warned us against the serpent, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, as Revelation 12 identifies him as. The serpent from the Garden of Eden, the one who deceived Eve, the one who has come down to this earth with great wrath, deceiving the world, knowing that his time is short. God warned us against him, our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden. He warns us today that the devil is 
roaming around like a devouring lion seeking whom he may destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life abundant. The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. And so when you hear about the signs of the times and the nearness of Christ's second coming, when you hear all of the fearful proclamations of doom in our world, what do we do with that? Well, we turn to Jesus. We turn to him with earnestness of heart, with repentance, and we say, get behind me, Satan. I want nothing to do with this devouring serpent, this entity, this demonic fallen angel. I want only my focus and attention and loyalty to be directed to Jesus Christ. And I've got news for you. If our love and admiration and worship is not fixed upon Jesus, then who's ultimately going to receive our allegiance? It would be the enemy, Satan. If myself and my agenda and my pleasures and the way I want to live my life is supreme, then that means that I am not worshiping Christ and the devil claims me as his. May this not be the case. May we find in the word of God a a new love for Jesus Christ, a new love for his atoning sacrifice on the cross, for his mediatorial work in the heavenly sanctuary. Shifting gears, judge in Texas blocks Obama transgender bathroom rules. The ruling prevents the U.S. Department of Education from implementing guidance that required school districts to allow transgender students to choose which restroom and locker facilities to use. Okay, what was that all about? That's USA Today. Basically, you heard a month or so ago about the proclamation from the White House dictating that all schools in America must permit students of whatever gender they believe they are to use whatever restrooms and locker rooms that they choose. And that was a national policy set from the White House. Now, of course, the courts have taken that on and they've said, all right, is this something that is legal? Is this constitutional? And finally, we've got a judge in Texas blocking that, that rule, that law, that, that, that directive from the White House. So there is some conflict happening over this that could preserve the religious liberties of the people of God in this age who are, who have this onslaught upon them, where if you oppose, if you promote the biblical view and you say, no, we don't want anything to do with this gender agenda, with this sexual perversion, with this deviation from everything that is biblical and normal about God's design for living. Uh, there, there's, there's finally some pushback on that and, and there will continue to be. And you know, one of the fears and dangers of this is that there will be an overreaction that as secular humanism pushes forward and as you have this, this aggressive agenda to enforce a totally radical moral worldview upon the country. Well, people are going to flip out and flip their lid and overreact back saying, no, now we're going to enforce Biblical values, we're going to enforce traditional values, Judeo-Christian values, enforce being the operative word there. So we need to guard against that overreaction as well, that reactionary wing response. As believers in religious liberty, we want to promote everybody's freedom of conscience, where coercion and force will never be employed. But speaking of that, campus reform... 
Reports, Westminster College out of Utah has announced that it will allow men who identify as women to play on female sports teams and use their locker rooms. I like the way that they put that. Men who identify as women will be permitted to use the locker rooms of the women's locker rooms. In an email obtained by Campus Reform, the school's Title IX coordinator, Jason Schwartz, explains the new policy change of Westminster College basing its reasoning on the Obama administration's recent Dear Colleague letter. On May 13, 2016, the Office for Civil Rights of the U.S. Department of Education issued a Dear Colleague letter on transgender students. He wrote, Westminster College is committed to protecting the rights of all students and the purpose of this message to inform you of the newly affirmed rights of transgender students under the DCL. That would be the Dear Colleague letter. Among these, those newly affirmed rights of students, he continues, are both the right to access restrooms and locker rooms consistent with their gender identity and the right to participate in athletic activities consistent with their gender identity. So, of course, they adopt the new program, and that is a free-for-all, opening the floodgates to any and every claim of how one feels and perceives themselves because, after all, in a postmodern world of moral relativism, one's individual perception and feeling and self-understanding and awareness dictates reality. And it must be accepted by all in this age of hyper-political correctness and an aggressive agenda to shut down dissent or any viewpoint that might disagree. Now, that has huge religious liberties implications. But the science is reacting against this. We're going to see what the Daily Signal reports right after the break. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. The average child beholds 200,000 acts of violence and 79,500 scenes of a sexual nature on television before they reach adulthood. And that doesn't even count video games. But it's not like I'm going to go out and do what I see acted out on the screen, so we say. Well, that old excuse doesn't hold up to the latest science. Recent research actually shows that what the eyes see, the brain interprets as if you are engaged in the act yourself. At every church I speak at, folks say the same thing. Scott, why didn't anybody tell us this before? So, folks, grab a pencil and write this down. Media on the Brain. It's a six DVD series that will arm you with the vital information on the undeniable effects of entertainment media and how to break free. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior. Precious Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we're back. This is Scott Ritzema with 11thHourDispatch.com And the wonderful, merciful Savior, our precious Redeemer, Jesus Christ, being the central focus, 
not only of our study and of our thoughts and of our conversation, but of the very mission of our lives to spread this everlasting gospel of hope to every last soul in this world, including those who would align with this transgender agenda. When I report on these uh, religious liberty-threatening movements, it's never to rile us up into some sort of culture war that we might take a, a political cause against those who offend our holy God. No, God loves his enemies, and we are to do the same. And so this latest research paper is very helpful. It's reported on in the Daily Signal, and it's published an actual scientific study, a meta-analysis in the journal The New Atlantis, that's going to be very helpful not only to us to gain a, a clearer understanding of these issues of, of gender, but to be able to have some hard data, some facts, some rather maybe throwing doubt upon the certainty of the ideas presented in the gender agenda of our time. The article reads, A major new report published today in the journal The New Atlantis challenges the leading narratives that the media has pushed regarding sexual orientation and gender identity. Co-authored by two of the nation's leading scholars on mental health and sexuality, the 143-page report discusses over 200 peer-reviewed studies in the biological, psychological, and social sciences painstakingly documenting what scientific research shows and does not show about sexuality and gender. So what you're about to hear is what the actual research has established and what it hasn't established, which most people out there take for granted as, as being hard fact, which is really a whole lot of propaganda. And so this 143-page report in the journal, the scholarly journal, The New Atlantis, written by two of the nation's leading scholars on mental health and sexuality. This is not a religious publication. This is not a political persuasion-based article that they wrote, journal piece, 143-page report. These two authors of this, I'll tell you more about in a moment, but before... Before I share with you who the authors are, a little bit more of that, let me just bullet point what four of the report's most important conclusions are. First of all, after studying 200 scientific research papers that are done in a scholarly way, done in a scientifically based way, they, they sifted and sorted through all the nonsense that's put out there in the name of science and research that's really just a... Uh, political and cultural agenda. So here are the actual established facts. Number one, this is according to the journal. The belief that sexual orientation is an innate, biologically fixed human property that people are, quote, born that way, is not supported by scientific evidence. So there's no scientific evidence to support Lady Gaga's opinion. Lady Gaga, of course, is a pop artist with the famous song, Born This Way. And that is a common theme out there, that since somebody was born this way, that it's an innate part of one's identity that needs to be uh, accepted and affirmed. 
and that this lifestyle and approach, homosexuality and whatnot, must be accepted by everybody or it's discrimination against a person's who they are. Not scientifically based. It is not supported by scientific evidence, according to the research studies. 200 scientific papers that have been written on this in scholarly journals. Second, second conclusion of of the research, the belief that gender identity is an innate, fixed human property independent of biological sex so that a person might be, quote, a man trapped in a woman's body or a woman trapped in a man's body is not supported by scientific evidence. Again, these researchers are not coming at this from any sort of moral perspective. They're saying, okay, what has the science shown and not shown? And objectively, they report the idea that somebody is biologically male, but they feel female, so they identify themselves as female, transgender. This this idea that this is a fixed, innate human property, gender, and it's a somebody's identity can be just based upon that alone, and it's it's fixed, and it's innate within them, and they're born, or they are a man trapped in a woman's body, or they are a woman trapped in a man's body. This is not supported by scientific evidence. Now, somebody may have those feelings, those feelings are real, but the idea that this is a fixed, innate, real thing is is not scientifically based. Thirdly, only a minority of children who express gender atypical thoughts or behavior will continue to do so. Only a minority of children who express gender atypical thoughts or behavior will continue to do so into adolescence or adulthood. In other words, the majority of kids who start to feel gender dysphoric and have non-typical feelings about who they are, the majority of them will not continue down that path into adolescence or adulthood. And there is no evidence that all such children children experiencing gender dysphoria should be in, there is no evidence that all such children should be encouraged to become transgender much less, much less subjected to hormone treatments or surgery Camille Paglia who is a transgender person as she calls herself says that this is abuse to be uh, in, indoctrinating in children's minds that this is who you are and we're going to start therapies at a very early age I mean, people are out there saying that children as young as two years old and three years old are transgender, and it's a little boy, and he thinks he's a girl, and I mean, what in the world? This is craziness and madness that's being foisted upon the children in public schools, and it's great to see scientific research papers really sticking their neck out. These guys are going to absolutely get slammed for this. You're hateful and politically incorrect and bigoted and transphobic and homophobic and all of these horrible things when they're just trying to get to the bottom of this thing. They're putting their career on the line with this. Fourth conclusion of the research study. Well, this was a meta-analysis of all of the research studies out there. Non-heterosexual and transgender people have higher rates 
of mental health problems, anxiety, depression, suicide, as well as behavioral and social problems, substance abuse, intimate partner violence, than the general population. Now, that was a well-known fact that's often trotted out by the LGBTQIAWP agenda. And that, that movement puts these out there to say, look at the victims of discrimination. And they're experiencing these, these horrible feelings inside because they're discriminated against. Now, the reality is we're all born in sin and conceived in iniquity. We're all struggling with various different issues in our lives. And somebody who's struggling with their sexual orientation and their gender identity, how much more are they just in inner turmoil because of this issue itself? And especially when it's encouraged and you got youth who are in troubling situations and they start to find an outlet and recognition and admiration for coming out and I'm going to proclaim myself as this or as that and this is the new rights agenda and the people to be celebrated in society. It's not discriminated against. It's promoted in our culture. And yes, there are cases of of, of rudeness and violence toward people of all stripes, including homosexuals and transgender people. But what this report is saying is their behavioral and social problems, their mental health problems are much higher than the general population and, quote, discrimination alone does not account for the entire disparity. So maybe some have undergone, an individual has undergone trauma and abuse because of their sexual deviancy and their inner struggles and who they are and they're going through childhood and youth with these problems. And and so, yeah, the, their, their life was harder, was made harder by maybe some peers and bullying and whatnot. But the report says the scientific research has identified that the disparity between the mental health problems of people with sexual deviancy versus those of normal sexuality, that disparity, how much more mental health problems and behavioral problems are taking place among LGBT people is way higher than would than you would expect if it was from discrimination alone. So those are the findings. These, these, these poor souls, beloved children of God, who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, asexual, intersex, all of these different definitions that we have today, they are image bearers of God, created by God, to be redeemed by Jesus Christ, but are experiencing so much in the way of social, behavioral, mental health problems. It's very sad and tragic. We all need the gospel of Jesus Christ, but especially those of us with the highest rates of suicide and depression and anxiety. The report goes on from the article, and it says that this this report entitled Sexuality and Gender, Findings from the Biological, Psychological, and Social Sciences is co-authored by Dr. Lawrence Mayer and Dr. Paul McHugh. Now, who are these two men? Mayer is a scholar-in-residence in the Department of Psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University. Johns Hopkins University, scholar-in-residence, Department of Psychiatry. And he's a professor of statistics and biostatistics at Arizona State University. So if you know anything about Johns Hopkins, this is a prestigious individual, Dr. Mayer, Dr. Lawrence Mayer. Dr. Paul McHugh is described as, quote, arguably the most important American psychiatrist in the last half century. 
So the most important American psychiatrist in the last half century has come out and cleared up the muddy water that exists in this LGBT agenda that seeks to move forward with such forceful assertions of certitude that anybody who could disagree must be totally anti-people. No, my friends, I believe in a biblical, and the Christian believes in a biblical view of gender and sexuality, but also has the utmost and even greater levels of compassion and love and a seeking for restoration in an individual's struggles and turmoils in their life. And every single one of us needs that because we all have our struggles. Are you seeking Jesus Christ to overcome temptation and sin and despair in your life? He will lift you up. He will give you the victory over that serpent, the devil, and Satan, that he might crush Satan under our feet shortly, as it says in Romans. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. We've seen the depravity of humankind moving forward in every way, and the days are evil. So how much more now? Do we need to be careful how we walk? We need to make the most of our time for the days are evil. This was the message that the Lord said to me. You're wasting your time. Even if it was completely morally innocuous, don't be frittering away your time like this. I love the way Charles Finney talks about this time issue. He was a second grade awakening preacher in the 19th century. He said it this way. No amusement can be innocent that involves the squandering of precious time that might be better employed to the glory of God and the good of man. You can hear the urgency in his voice here. Life is short. Time is precious. We have but one life to live. Much is to be done. The world is in darkness. A world of sinners are to be enlightened and, if possible, saved. You see, people's salvation is on the line. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.